Hey yo, welcome to the Bumcast. I am your host HBIC, the head bum in charge, along with Baloney, and returning once again, cousin John. Welcome back, the boys. Baseball season. That's right. And I had I had to give a little hey yo in the beginning there because we got some bad news earlier tonight that if you're our age in the late thirties, early forties, and you grew up on wrestling, Scott Hall, R.I.P. Razor Ramon, the bad guy, bad passed guy. away after being taken off life support today after having three heart attacks with after uh, complications from hip surgery. Devastating news, and I hate opening on a somber note, but, I mean, he was just an icon of wrestling in the 90s, started basically the whole wrestling revolution in 96, within yep. it, which forced Vince to go with the Attitude Era and all that, you know, history-making stuff. But, yeah, he, he's just... He was a pioneer in wrestling, and it, it sucks that he's gone. He had he had all his demons, but he got his life together, and it sucks that, you know, just he, a random fall where he needed hip surgery forced him on life support. Yeah, he was as influential as a wrestler as there ever been. And obviously, um, he's not Stone, Stone Cold or The Rock, but him being part of the clique in WWE and then moving over and basically starting the NWO as the Outsiders. I mean, that is grade-A nostalgia for people our age. And um, I had it written down. Scott Hall is in a very, very short list of wrestlers that you could say he might be the greatest of all time that's never won the world championship. And I think it's just him, Rowdy Piper, and maybe Jake the Snake. And, it, and you could put either one of those three on, on the top of the list. Um, he was... I mean, he was the guy. He was, I mean, we all tried to be him. We all tried to walk like him. You do I the, still, to this day, do the strut, yeah, do the, the, strut. the shake fists and the. Like whenever I have a toothpick in my hand, you know, if I'm outside, I'm flicking that. Thing. <laughs> and, and and that's all Scott Hall. That's all Razor Ramon. So, yeah, I mean, we lost a good one today because, uh, I mean, if like I said, if you're our age, he was the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like thinking about if you, if you like really look back at wrestling right during that era and just think of like the iconic groups that exemplified what wrestling was right it's like degeneration x nwo and then everyone else i feel kind of falls in line there so uh definitely a legend definitely an icon and really really sad news to hear yeah so um we were we had to unfortunately post postpone the bumcast last week because um peter was in mexico and then and then we come we come back and he comes back and then everything goes to holy hell last weekend. Uh, Khalil Mack gets traded, baseball lockout ends, NFL free. So let's let's get into the to the deep end here, guys. Like we got a lot to talk off, about. But yeah, we got a lot to talk about. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been on, but I think the big news in Chicago sports right now is obviously Khalil Mack was traded um, on Friday for to the San uh, San Diego. Los Angeles Chargers, they got a 2022 second round, a 2023 sixth round pick. I hear people bitching and complaining that they didn't get enough back for him. I will say since San Diego's taken on the entire contract, you're going to get a lesser return back for him. He's got injury history, but Ryan Poles makes his first big move, and we'll get into his other moves uh, for free agency opening up today, but he made his first big move and then followed it up with some cuts, and we can go over those uh, one by one, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on the on the Mac trade. Yeah, i i loved I loved the trade. I thought it made a lot of sense, and I think honestly, they probably should have traded Mac 
last year versus this year. Um, and I think that, you know, polls is doing what the bears should have done last year and it's just tear it down and rebuild it sooner, you know, and they took a, an extra year to try to force it because they went into, you know, the playoffs at eight and eight, um, you know, and stumbled against the saints and looked absolutely terrible. So um, I think the return was pretty much what I think they thought they were going to get, you know, I was hopeful they would have got maybe a second and a third, but I also was under the assumption that they would have, you want, the, you want the Von Miller, you want the Von Miller deal. <laughs> Right. But I also like thought the bears probably would have had to eaten some of that salary. So the fact to your point, Jason, that, you know, the chargers are taking on that full salary. I think the return is justified. It makes perfect sense. And think about it, you know, when it comes to football, you're either a year too early or a year too late when you trade a guy. And when you have a, you know, a, a edge rusher like Mac who takes a lot of abuse at the line, every game, he hasn't played, you know, since what, 2018, a full season. You know, he's been in and out of the IR, you know, it's, you know, and he's 31. So, you know, he's starting to go that way into his thirties and with an injury history, I think it makes a lot of sense and he's not going to be a part of this team when they're ready to hopefully compete. So I thought it was a good trade. Yeah. I mean, I got to compliment Ryan Poles. I think he showed, I mean, instantly that he is pragmatic, he's decisive and he has a plan and that's all we've ever wanted from a GM in Chicago. Um, it seemed like the last regime did not have a plan. It was obvious. And I like what Ryan Poles is doing so far. I know, you know, Mac could have, and I see a lot of, I'm going to call, I'm going to call it like I see it. There's a lot of meathead Bears fans. And if you really think that Khalil Mack was going to help this team this year, you have another thing coming. This team is not good. And I think Ryan Pulse sees that. Um, I had a tweet out there that says he's, I mean, you know, he's, a, he's, he's treating this team like Chip and Joanna Gaines where you got to strip it to the studs. You have to get rid, and, he, and he's doing it. He's trading people. He's cutting people. We saw it with Tariq Cohen and others. Like, you have to trim the fat. You have to get, you have to get better. And it seems like he's doing that. And I know we might not be able to compete this year, I think, you, you, you got to start from scratch with this team, but he has a plan and he's building towards something. And that's what I like. You could see it. You could see it, see it when he's clearing cap space. You could see it when he's, when even this, this new deal where Jason, you complimented him. He's like, this is how you structure, structure a deal. So we're seeing stuff we've never seen before from a bears GM. And I'm happy about it. Well, listen, I think you hit the nail on the head here. It's, those bears fans that are up in arms about this, like they're delusional if they thought that they, if we were going to compete this year, you know, Aaron Rodgers is back. They're, they're adding more. They're going to add, you know, to, to the, to the Packers. The Vikings are virtually going to be the same. Lions are going to be junk as usual. Um, but we're right there with Detroit, you know, realistically, our roster has some really nice pieces, but it's not a roster that's one or two guys away and losing Cleo Mack doesn't change how many wins or losses we're going to have in a year. Um, we're still a long ways away. And I, and I agree. I mean, he had a plan. Let's build it. Well, it sounds like the plan is to build the offense, build around Justin Fields. And not only that, but Mac didn't really fit the new defensive scheme either. So, you know, it doesn't make sense to keep that kind of salary for a guy that doesn't really fit the scheme. That's like I said, the back nine of 30, um, you know, and has had an injury history, you know, and it's, like you said, this is not a team where we're one or two players away. 
it's going to take some time. It might be a year or two before we actually look like we're going to have a, a roster and who knows the NFL's, you know, NFL is one of those sports, you know, that you can go from last place to first within a year because of free agency with a really strong draft. So maybe they are a year or two away, but Cleo Mack long-term is just, he's not part of the team's plans and you know, made sense. Yeah. The one thing I really liked, and I think we're going to see this out of, um, Ryan Poles, and this goes to also with Eddie Goldman being cut and Tariq Cohen being cut. He's not falling in love with his guys at a point where he has to keep them for past, you know, accomplishments and in past performances. I mean, we had the great year from 18, and we all, you know, sucked Ryan Pace's dick for making that trade to get Khalil Mack, but then he went and went out and gave him like a really inflated contract, and then also just kept on because they were in such salary cap hell from his other shitty contracts. They kept kicking the can down the road and restructuring his deal. So making it worse for other seasons. The fact that next year we're going to have a hundred, I think it's like $123 million in salary cap space. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, man. You know, let's, let's too bad. Devonte Adams isn't a free agent next year. <laughs> so that's what yeah. I wanted to mention. I, the, the other thing I want to compliment on polls is, we all knew it. We talked about it when uh, um, we had a, a, a shorts. Rob, yeah, Rob Shorts. Rob Shorts, I'm sorry. Um, when we had him on. The Bears are in dire need of a wide receiver. But I'm glad he, they're not competing with the funny money that Jacksonville's throwing out there and stuff yeah, like I'll, that. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that later. So, so I like that he's sitting and, and waiting. And if we don't get one of these – first tier guys i'm glad because i don't think they're first tier guys i don't think christian kirk deserves all that money and maybe jacksonville has to overpay because you have to convince people to play in jacksonville but regardless you can't be giving out money like that we'd be swearing like he was ryan pace at this time if he were to be doing this stuff so i like that he's patient i like that he's letting the game kind of come to him if you will um and who knows if you don't sign somebody in free agency we got to draft the guys um, one way or another, I think he has a plan and I like it. Yeah. And now that we have two twos, maybe we can flip it for a one or something. You get well, back in the first though, round. Even if you don't, you, but if you don't, you still got, it. you still got yes. two, two, and this is a very deep draft, especially in wide receiver as well. So we'll see what, we'll see what they do next month. Um, but yeah, so again, we, as we mentioned, I mentioned a couple seconds ago, uh, Eddie Goldman released Tariq Cohen released with injury settlement. Obviously that, the tree Cohen contract, I still bash my head against the wall that why that was even given out to a gadget receiver. That just pace being just a fucktard with that. But Tariq Cohen, one of the worst signings in Bears history. Um, so he's gone. Now there's talk potentially do we move on from Robert Quinn? Um, is he cause are you gonna sell high on Quinn? Because it seems like Eberflus wants like the whole Lovey Smith style defense where it's fast, athletic defensive men and not big fat guys. Big fat guys on the offensive line, a-okay. Big fat guys in defensive line, not so much. So I'm really curious to see, and we'll talk about the signing here that they they got today. But it looks like they're going to go fast this 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 year, and I don't know if if Quinn is going to be uh you know trade fodder or what. Oh, and also Danny Trevathan cut as well. June first cut, right? Uh, he's, well, he's, yeah, he's getting slated to be cut, but no, I agree. I mean, they, I mean, they said it when, when Eberflus came in, he said, they're going to play aggressive. They're going to play fast. They're going to be athletic. So 
you're 100% right, Jason. I think they're building this team to actually be built on speed. And in today's league, that's that's what you need. You need speed. I mean, look at every NFL team that has proven to be a winner. They have speed on the edge, you know, on the outside. You know, they have speed at running back, which, I mean, you can draft mid-rounds at this point now. But, um, yeah, every team is built on speed. And they look at all the guys in the, in the wide receiver uh, scouting combine. They had like nine guys run under like a 4-3 or something like that or a 4-4. Four, four. It was unbelievable. So this is the way the league's going. So I, I like it. I like the moves. Yes. Um, and so free agency opened, well, the legal tampering period opened up noon uh, Monday. So Ryan Pace made his first – Ryan Pace, god damn it. I'm going to bum myself for it's saying gonna, that. It's going to happen. Don't you do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan Poles made his first deal. We signed uh, Larry Ogunjubi. I have no idea if I'm saying is Ogan Joby. There you go. Thank you. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. You know, you know me when it comes to names. I can't, I can't say those for shit. Um, so they signed him to a three-year deal worth $40.5 million, including $26 million in guarantees. And this guy, I think, is like 27, 28. Um, definitely in his prime. Had a great season with Cincinnati last year. Recorded, I think, seven or eight total sacks. That was his career best. Now he gets under Eberflus's tutelage and you know try to maximize um, his effort there for the going next season. And just the fact that they gave a great deal to a guy in his prime. So that's you know you're basically talking what about fifteen, almost fifteen, little like fourteen million a year. Um, that's that's great for a, a edge rusher in his prime. So shout out to who's ever doing the contract. I don't know if it's Poles doing it or if he's got his gurus doing it now, but shout out to who's ever doing it for actually having some common sense in Hallis Hall. Never thought I'd say that. Yeah, everything I read about him is awesome. Um, I know um, if you guys follow Jordan Cornette, he used to work at ESPN Chicago for a long time, um, but he's a diehard Bengals fan. He was raving about him today saying that the Bears got a good one. And that's what we expect, especially um, with Eberflus in installing his defense. Um, this is the type of guys we're looking for, and it's a good first step. I saw some people, once again, meatheads complaining that, like, of course, you know, the Chicago way is, like, we're going to say we're going to focus on offense, 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 and our first guy is a defensive um, guy, which is rightfully so, but it's someone you need, realistically. You know, so I, I, I thought the, the, the complaints were unwarranted. Um, it seems like a good signing. Obviously, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, but I like it. Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, I kind of felt the same way, too. I mean, the meathead Chicago and me, right, immediately wants to go to like, oh, here we go. Just they're saying we're going to build an offense and they, they get a defensive tackle that if it's, you know, the lovey, you know, lovey, too. But realistically, like I think you mentioned it earlier, like the the Bears didn't jump to like a Christian Kirk. They didn't jump to you know, DJ Shark, who got a big deal as well, too, I believe. I, I can't remember if he did or not. I think he got no, he signed. Did but he, he didn't. Shark did not. Okay, I thought I thought he might have. But, I mean, you're seeing these guys that are coming off the board that are second-tier wide receivers. And the thing is, I'm kind of glad that they didn't jump to these guys and overpay them the way that, you know, Jacksonville just did. A lot of the, the key wide receivers came off the board really quick. You know, Godwin re-signed with Tampa Bay or was franchise, franchise Yeah, franchise. Yeah, he's working through the deal there. Devontae Adams franchise tag working through the deal there. You know, Mike Williams re-signed with the Chargers. So it's the top-tier wide receivers weren't really there. So Mari Cooper gets traded for – Yeah, he got traded to, to uh, Cleveland. 
Um, and they didn't jump. They didn't jump to any of these second tier guys after the first tier guys were just off the board completely. And, you know, I thought it was a smart move. I thought it was a smart signing. He fits the system. He's, you know, to your point, athletic, he's fast. He had 16 tackles for losses last year. He had seven and a half sacks, um, you know, a lot of QB pressures as well. And in that defense, that's what the tackle does. They force, they force the quarterback to run to the outside and you have your, their athletic ends, you know, chasing them down or the linebackers. So I'm for it. I like yeah. it. Good signing. Um, have you guys pulled the trigger that Cleveland did six rounder for Amari Cooper? I thought if if Cleveland was doing that, I wouldn't have mind the Bears as well. I thought um, I, it wasn't much, honestly. No, so, a six yeah, rounder and, and for twenty million for one year, and then maybe yeah. first crack at resigning him. Especially because you got the extra money now that cap uh, that uh, Max gone. I thought yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. I, I didn't read any reports if the Bears even threw out any feelers to Dallas. But yeah, I would have liked them. Um, yeah, on the Bears, it seems like great value for Cleveland. Yeah, and especially if you got a couple couple twos now, and you can potentially take one of the top wide receivers in the draft because, like they said, it's very deep in wide receiver this year. And you use that those second round picks, you get a fat guy, you get a fast, you know, or a possession guy, or maybe we just go and throw go all in and trade a couple picks for uh, DK Metcalf because with Russ so being traded, I saw your tweets about that. I feel like we're just getting right in the same position as before. <laughs> yeah, I know we need wide receivers, all over. but we have to be smart about them. We no, can't I just know. be giving out picks left and right. It would have been awesome. I mean, it would be awesome to see what Justin Fields can do with DK Metcalf. But realistically, we need those picks. We've yeah. complained about not having picks for a long time. We can't be giving away. Um, yep. Agreed. Would you guys – so obviously the, the receivers that are left, are, are we all – Team Juju, or are we DJ like Chark? Juju. No, like, is, is that who we're, yeah. we're rooting if, for? If I'm, I'm taking between, yeah, it, between Juju and Chark, I would like Juju. Um, there's a guy, I don't think we're in the running for him because he is a veteran. I think he wants to go to a winning team. But I really, really, really like Jarvis Landry. He's a possession receiver in the slot, but he is, by all accounts, a pro's pro. And I've had him in fantasy a couple years, obviously, like in PPR, he's a stud and stuff like that. But realistically, if you're developing Justin Fields, you need that guy that run across the middle. You need the route runners that can run routes on a dime. And that's who Jarvis Landry is. I don't think he'd be willing to come here. And I don't know what he's asking. Um, It seems like he's not asking much. He really wants to go to a, a contender. But if by some accounts they could somehow manage to get him, I'd be all in on Jarvis, but realistically, I think it's Juju or bust at this point. And if it's, and if Juju is asking, you know, Christian Kirk money, then we just draft a bunch of guys because you don't have to overspend for these guys. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and they had a, uh, who was the, the Raiders wide receiver? He just came off the board too. Um, Zay Jones. Zay, yeah, Zay Jones, Jones. There you go. That guy, he, he got he crazy been, money too. And I'm like, yeah. Zay Jones. It would have been nice fuck to see is Zay Jones. <laughs> And, and, you know, and I think the guy has talent. I think he would have been a nice addition, you know, to potentially play slot, but I think, I think you're right. I think it's, it's Juju or, or bust at this point. And I, you know, I've watched a lot of Steelers games having lived in Pittsburgh and, you know, really watching a lot of Steelers games, even after I left, you know, and I think Juju, you know, I think there's untapped potential there. I and I think a lot of it was just that Ben is just, he was, he, he was, was already in his ben, late thirties. Ben cool. noodle arm too many miles yeah. to feed on that, on that offense. Yeah. I mean, it just, I think he, you know, 
benefited when it when he first got drafted because Antonio Brown was a mess. And when they got rid of him, you know, he was able to shine. And then Ben just started going downhill from there. So I think Juju would be a good signing. And other than that, I think it's just, you know, just start drafting then. Yep. All right. So we'll transition into some other football news, which is the other big news that broke yesterday, or I should say Sunday. Tom Brady in might be the shortest retirement in history, or he just got some of those work from home options and said, fuck this shit. I'm going back to work. <laughs> I don't want to deal with wife and kids anymore. Like give me, get, let me get hit in the head a few times. So shortest retirement lasted 39, 40 days. Um, people are joke making all the jokes on the internet about it, but I, I guess what, why not? If you're, you're not happy at home, go play football. Yeah. A uh, couple of things here. I can't even fault the guy. I, had my two-year-old daughter cry in my face for 40 minutes straight screaming at me. And as soon as my wife had got home, I had to go to the store to get a couple things. So I can't, like that bottle of old forest, like that bottle of old forester yeah. that you just cracked open earlier today. <laughs> it's already half gone. Yeah, absolutely. So I can't even blame them for that, but I got to ask you guys, this is the second thing. Who is the biggest, who is the bigger diva Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Like who's the biggest attention whore oh, between Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, hands down. It's not, I don't know, close. man. Whew, I don't know. I felt like Tom saw all that going on and was like, I need some, I need some me attention right now. No, I think it's Aaron Rodgers and it's, I don't even think it's close. I think obviously if anyone deserves to be a little bit of a diva, it's Tom Brady, you know, like he could do whatever he wants realistically. And I'm actually glad it was only 40 days. It's not one of these Brett Favre type. Will he won't he and it drags on into June and July and August. And it's like, look at me and all of this stuff. Now, I will say it like Jordan had this Brady now had this. You only get one of these fake retirements. If you start doing this every year, then you start we start calling you. The, you're you know, the Brett, Brett Favre. Favre and stuff yeah. like that. So, but yeah, yeah no, I call. mean, obviously it seems like he's got unfinished. He said he has unfinished business business and realistically he hasn't lost a step. Like he, he, he's damn good. I, I think Tampa Bay is going to be a little less good this year. They've lost some people. Um, there's been some, you know, reports of inner turmoil between him and um, Bruce Arians and stuff like that. But if he wants to come back good for him, but um, it's interesting. This NFC compared to the AFC, like it, it's basically Rodgers and Brady now, like duking it out. May obviously maybe Dak comes in or something like that. But com- the, comparing the NFC to the AFC, it's crazy. AFC is like a yeah. Royal Rumble. The, the AFC West is going to be must-watch television it, yeah, this all season. It, it's going to be awesome. So. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get like every like th- like Sunday night and Monday night matchup if it's some kind of like AFC showdown. Um. So, yeah, okay, so Brady comes back. He gets another year. We'll see if, you know, what, what he does. But I have to imagine, though, Peter, that your wife is pretty happy about this because now he doesn't cuck Roethlisberger for his enshrinement. I can't tell you how mad she was that they retired the same year and that they were going to have to share a Hall of Fame induction ceremony. She was <laughs> so mad. Call, I mean, every swear word in the book. So, yes, now Ben gets to go in on his own. She already said we're probably going in five years, and it's cool. I've never been to the NFL Hall of Fame. It'll be fun to go. But, yeah, it, it's – it's. I mean, 
And if you want to transition to the other stuff, yes, yeah, I was saying. So kind let, of, let's stick. Let's stick with Pittsburgh here because do they have the next Big Ben? They signed Mitch. He's Mitch is back. Everyone, he got a. So, Everyone kind of sees now he got a bad rap in Chicago because of how terrible Matt Nagy was, and everyone's saying he he learned a year under under Brian Dabble. He learned from Josh Allen. Now he gets fucking the goat of coaches, Mike Tomlin. And it, but I will say this though, if if Mitch Trubisky is the guy who ruins Tomlin's winning streak, <laughs> season winning streak, there's got there he might just want to just pack up and leave Pittsburgh right there then. All right, so I'm going to be in trouble because I, I, I tweeted this out earlier. I've been saying that the Steelers are a perfect landing spot for Mitch Trubisky. Um, I've, been, I've been saying this since, like, before the season ended. And now that it's happened, it's put up or shut up for me and Mitch. Like, if he, if he goes out there and sucks, I might be in trouble. But realistically, dude, it's going – I mean, it's night and day. The way this fr- the franchise is run in Chicago compared to Pittsburgh is night and day. And realistically, what I told my wife was, Mitch, with, in my eyes, is no worse than the last two years of Ben Roethlisberger. The last two years of Ren- Ben Ro- Roethlisberger, like he, do- he can't move. He's getting the ball out like super fast because he can't scramble or he just doesn't want to take hits anymore. And he, they didn't have a good O-line. I think the athleticism of Mitch Trubisky is going to be helpful in rebuilding that O-line. And they still got a good team. Obviously, they're contending against, you know, uh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and the Ravens, which are all three very, very good teams. But Mitch Trubisky, 3-0 and against the AFC North. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it's he's a good bridge. He, realistically, he's a good bridge for whoever they draft. They don't have a plan right now they don't have their future in place and it's better that they didn't overspend or traded the farm for Garoppolo or Carson Wentz or any of these guys realistically whatever Mitch is getting is better than those guys so as long as he could bridge the gap between Ben and whoever the future is that's good and maybe he is the future we don't know because realistically we give him a lot of shit in Chicago and I don't think it was justifiable I mean, Matt Nagy was that bad, and he refused to adjust. We don't know what could have been. Like, obviously, Jason, I know you complained a lot about, like, Mitch not being able to throw the deep ball and overthrowing and stuff like that, and he missed passes. But, I mean, having Matt Nagy as a coach is probably as bad as it could have gone. And he yeah. still took this team to two. I, I, a lot of it had to do with the defense. But M- Mitch Trubisky took the Bears to two playoff games, which is – I mean, well, let's let's hold on. I know you gotta, I know you want to chime in, John. Yeah. yeah, hold on. Let's let's just count it as one because if it wasn't for COVID rules, Bears wouldn't have got in. Yeah, but now the but now they're those rules are here to stay. Now, no, it's a man. And 2018, I you can chalk up to the defense too. So I right. mean, if you want to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's the thing. Mitch Trubisky owes two people steak dinners from. Uh, from Chicago cut. He owes Brian Dable because one year sitting under Brian Dable helped him get this job. The other was Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson proved what you can do when you escape Matt Aggie's offense and they actually utilize you the way that they're supposed to. So 
I think that that had something to do with it for sure. You know, the Pittsburgh seeing that, you know, maybe not necessarily Cordell Patterson, but recognizing the fact that Nagy's no, he had a great season, stuff. like especially fantasy wise, like he was putting sometimes putting up oh, two touchdowns sure. a game. Like, yeah, yeah, he well, was. I'm saying MVP. like I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh's looking at Cordell Patterson and saying, you know what, this is the reason why we're signing Mitch. But I think that uh, my point is that they saw that scheme was a big part of it, but. He, I, he is the bridge. He's a bridge. He's not going to yeah. be the future for Pittsburgh. The, the, you know, the quarterback of the future is going to be drafted in 2022. It has to be, um, you know, and I think that they'll probably draft a guy in the, you know, first or second round. I don't know what their picks are this year and, you know, let them sit and, you know, a year behind Mitch and really just kind of develop the guy and, and get him ready for 2023 and beyond. But I feel bad for Mitch because if he thought Chicago fans were bad, when he was bad, just wait, wait for the terrible towels to be thrown directly on the field at him when he starts to suck it up, you know? And, and I don't think, I, I mean, I get the signing. I understand it, but I think the amount of teams that showed this much interest in him and, you know, wanted to bring him in and there was a lot of hype around Mitch, I think was unfounded. You know, I think he's a great guy. I think we all saw that, you know, he's a very likable guy as a person, you know, there's nothing wrong with Mitch as a person, you know, he loves to kiss titties. He put it all over Twitter. I think, I think we can all relate. I think that's a man, man's man right there. Right there, you know, right. Didn't he drive like a Camry or something like that too? I mean, the dude is down to earth. You got to, you know, drives a Camry, kiss titties, you know, great. But he, and you want to blame Matt Nagy as much as you want. Fine. But Jason's right. He overthrew passes. He couldn't read defenses. He couldn't work through his progressions and that can be chalked up to some coaching to some extent, but I mean, he has the ability to sit there and watch tape. Matt Nagy's not the only one sitting there in his ear talking to him about progressions and reading defenses and zone coverages or and everything like that. So some of that has to be to fall on Mitch's, you know, on Mitch's arms there. So I get, I get the signing. I, I feel really bad for him because Pittsburgh fans are brutal you know, and rightfully so. I mean, there's been decades of winning and championships and they don't, ex- I mean, for God's sakes, they're trying to get rid of Tomlin every single year and he hasn't had a losing season in how long, you know? So it's ever, it's going to be, it's going to, yeah. yeah. Gonna, and wait, wait till it, wait till that first right losing now. season comes in 2022. That shit's yeah. going to fucking hit the proverbial fan on that. If that, if that happens, I will say do, I am kind of intrigued. I, obviously selfishly, I have uh Deontay Johnson in a franchise league. Um, Mitch has been good with number one receivers historically. You know, A Rob two best season with the Bears was with Mitch. I think Deontay Johnson. They have pieces in place to. I mean, if they're smart about it, and and we all talk about Pittsburgh being smart about it, their defense is good. They have a really good running back, and they have weapons uh, at receiver and tight end. I I don't expect Mitch to go out there and win games. He just has to manage this team for the next two years. And realistically, John, you mentioned it. I think what Mitch brings is like they don't really have to like this is this draft in particular is really quarterback light. If they don't have to reach for one this year, if you know you got Mitch for two years, obviously they have to draft one within the next two years. But Pittsburgh smart. If if the, you don't think you got the guy in this draft class, you wait a year and you draft them next year. I think he is a bridge. They will have to draft somebody eventually but it's just interesting i'm happy for mitch man like like obviously i feel bad it, it, i i 
he's in a tough position right now. Yeah, it's, he's, he's got that, a, right? he's got a shitter he get is. off the pot, and it if is. it's yeah. if and if it's shit, then it's gonna be a clusterfuck of shit. I'll be I'll I be rooting. The, I'll be rooting for him. The right. Giants would have been a better spot for him because they expect nothing there. You that's know what true. I mean? So it's yeah, like a good point. he could have yeah. gone in there and sucked ass, and he's still better than Daniel Jones. Until so. you until you had Mike Francesca on the radio talking about Mitch, that would have been must yeah. that would have been must listen to. <laughs> All right, um, so let's segue to the other big story that happened. Baseball is finally back. The long national nightmare that was 100 days is finally over. You know, and I have to admit, you know, at first I was siding with the players, and then I was actually siding with the owners because it seemed like the players were getting a little greedy there at the end. And then you find out that the Mets are holding it up, and then it looks like Max Scherzer and Lindor are the guys who want. Yeah, to Max Scherzer is the real yeah, motherfucker. The, the in rich, this whole the, thing. the guys making fucking fifty million dollars a season are the, yeah. all of a sudden the ones who care about yeah. you know little incremental costs and stuff. Like, get the fuck out of here! Like, so, but it all worked out in the end, and now we got some baseball coming back. It looks like we're still going to get a full season. Um, so we can talk about that. We can all talk about the the Sox signing Joe Kelly as well. Um, Cubs look like they're out on Correa. There was reports that they were going to sign. He was the favorite, but they went and got some who like who the, like who the who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah. um, and the Sox looks like they're not going to go after a second baseman this year because they signed some Hamilton guy or something. Some some bridge some bridge second basin, but we got a great bullpen piece. So first off, let's get your thoughts. Baseball's back guys. Yeah. I mean, I I'm, I'm always pumped when it's time for baseball. I mean, baseball is, you know, my favorite sport. It's the, the sport that I could sit there. I could watch every game throughout the year. If I didn't have a job, I'd be at the ballpark every single day. If I could, um, you know, that's dream case scenario when I retire is just to, you know, be a, a, a season ticket holder for the Cubs and just, literally just go to games all, all day. But um, yeah, no, I'm excited for, I'm excited for, you know, baseball to be back. I like some of the rule changes that they agreed upon. Um, I'm really happy for the players that they've raised the, you know, the minimum wage for, you know, for MLB players. I think that's, it still that's should good. be, that's good. It, it should still be higher, but I think it's a good jumping point for future negotiations and future CBAs. But um, I think it was, it was good. And I think raising, you know, the, what what else did they do? They raised well, the luxury they, tax. Yeah, as well, well that, and, but that's because like all the rich motherfuckers on the, the players' board, like they just wanted to raise that so they can keep on getting higher contracts. What I think I personally am under the feeling that baseball does need a hard salary cap, not this luxury tax, because the bubble's going to burst eventually on these pitching contracts. You can't keep giving everyone $45, $50 million a year, especially when you got like Bryce Harper and Trout getting almost the same. It's they they selfishly wanted that luxury tax increase so they can keep on increasing the top player salaries instead of forcing more for the minimum salary guys. You know, they don't care yeah. if they're not playing. They don't care if they're not playing games. It's the guys who it's the minor league guys. It's the guys who are in arbitration who are and who are making the bare minimum salaries right there that they can't afford to miss games. So like eventually, like stop having your own selfish intentions and do what's best for like all of baseball, all the players. And I feel like they fought way too long on the luxury tax. And I don't, I don't think it was yeah. ne that necessary long to have that long of a fight over it. Yeah. I, I mean, what, what's best for baseball and we kept talking about it before is not missing games. They can't afford to miss games. We, they've lost ground to the NFL. They're losing attendance records to MLS of all people. It's just, 
they can't be doing this every five years. And the fact that they finally, I mean, we talked about shit or get off the pot. Like they figured it out and now it seems like we're getting, I mean, a full schedule. That's what's most important. Um, Jason, I know uh, you mentioned Josh Harrison, the Oakland A's. Seems like he's going to be platooning with Leori and he's going to be our second base, you know. Well, I, that, to me, but to me, that just that just proves that they view Colson Montgomery as potential second base option and they're just going to use that two year. So that's what season, it is. But the still, season he's, Montgomery, he's what two years out so it's yeah, gonna be yeah. the windows the windows now yeah so like no, i i personally would have been like yeah go after correa or marcus Simeon, but you know uncle jerry's poor now because he has to give more money to the fucking bums in baseball no offense to to the to the bums but the the minor league the the guys who he's gonna pay more minimum salaries now now he's like oh he's the dave Chappelle meme holding his money with his crown like he doesn't he can't afford free agents anymore <laughs> So this is exactly what I missed about baseball. It was that we got, hell yeah, baseball is back for no less than 24 hours. And then Rick Hahn comes out with his quote, and the sky is falling with White Sox Twitter all over again. I love White Sox Twitter, but it's like, we didn't get one day of it hell wasn't yeah, even 24 hours before Rick Hahn, hours. Be, yeah before Rick Hahn said we like the team we have we're prepared to go the team we have going into the season like he's already basically saying yeah we're not going to make big moves and it might be a trade or two but I I had a hundred days of hate free hate for Jerry Ryan's art, and it just all came back within a I know. matter of hours after that first I, Rick on press conference. It's like you don't know what you have until it's gone. You don't. I didn't know what I had until I missed you complaining about the White Sox moves. <laughs> and it's like, yes, we're we're all the way back now. You know, at least at least they were honest with y'all. You know, like they said they wait. They didn't even wait the twenty four hours. They were like, no, we're good. We're good. Where we're at. You know, the Cubs had a weekend of thinking that we were, we we're possibly going to get Carlos Correa. And then Jed comes out today and says, we're really happy with the way that our infield looks with, you know, Andrelton Simmons who hits below the Mendoza line, Nico Horner, who hasn't played half of a season with all the injuries. And then, um, Oh, I can't think of his name right now. Coming over from the Sox. Um, Corey, Corey, Madrigal. Corey Hort. Well, Madrigal, Madrigal. Madrigal. Yeah. Madrigal. Madrigal. He has he's a, coming. He'll be he's coming back, up. But then, Cody, too, so. but then Cody Hoyer got hurt for you guys. Yeah, so it's well. I mean, he said he was happy with the infield, so I'm just specifically talking about our oh, infield yeah. now. But I mean, our infield was garbage. I mean, you're gonna, what are you gonna platoon? You know, Schwindel and Wisdom, and and hope that they're gonna be able to re- recreate the magic that they had against you know teams last year, where they snuck up on guys. Like that didn't happen in this year. I, I don't so, think these guys are gonna produce. So I had a question for you because I, I've seen it like slowly but surely trickle out of MLB Twitter and all the rumors and stuff like that. You guys are re-signing Rizzo, right? I don't even know because I think the Yankees. I, well, the I think Yankees the Yankees are, still are interested. Move, I think I think the Yankees are going to move on from Rizzo, and I think it's going to be him giving him a hometown discount to the Cubs, I which I think it's awesome. Let him let him retire a Cub and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm great for all the feel good stuff. That's it's awesome, but. The thing is, like, I want to see a winner again. When when Ricketts bought the team, he told us we're going to have a perennial winner. And I get there's going to be always those couple of years where they're going to have to retool, you know, and hopefully not have to go into full rebuild again. But they sold the farm last year, and then he's crying poor again. And then we find out that he wants to buy Chelsea. 
you know? So it's like, this is where I'm getting like, just I fed hope, up I because hope, I hope that happens. <laughs> yeah. So do I, cause as a man, you fan, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Ruin that team too. And go cheap. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it's frustrating. And I think like, you know, Rizzo would be fine, but it's not going to rectify, you know, the, the, the chance that, if you're one of the favorites for, uh, you know, an all-star or, you know, all-player player like Correa and you don't dive into that chance, it's not like the guy is not 30 years old. If they sign him to a, you know, nine, 10-year deal, he plays to 37. Every time you sign those guys to those deals, you know, going in, you're not, pay- you're not paying for years, you know, 36, 37. Yeah. You're paying till 35 and you're hoping for the chance to win. And what I don't understand is how you can go out and spend the money on Stroman to a three-year deal because you're essentially saying we think we can win in three years within the three years, but then you don't want to commit the money to a guy like Correa, who's 27 elite defender, Stop. great offensive player could be the face of the franchise. He, he would be a better version of Javier Baez than Javier Baez was. And that's what Way they should have done. But Right. And, but they won't, they won't pull the trigger on it. You know, and they're going to go out and they're going to get Andrelton Simmons who, you know, he, he can't even use the money he has to fix his own teeth, you know, and he's Jesus Christ. <laughs> just, I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm not even like, I'm not even upset that the Sox like aren't getting Korea or anything. Cause realistically, I know that's not going to happen until Jerry's six feet underground. Um, but I like the Joe Kelly signing their bullpen is back to that. Fuck you bullpen. And, but for me being a try to level-headed Sox fan sometimes when it comes to what Jerry's actually going to do. I would have been happy if like they went after Castellanos or Conforto, like so, just, okay. So that's what I was going to ask plug you. one of those guys. Yes. Like I, I don't expect to get the Correa's and all those top guys because they're going to want like the nine, 10 year deals, but you can, you saw what the Reds gave him and he fucking outplayed that deal. Like you're telling me that the Sox can't cut with all the low contracts they have for their, you know, like these for the young guys, the core right now, the team friendly deals that you can't do a little splurge. You did it for Yaz. Why can't you do it for Cassianos or Conforto? Like it, and you got a then you got a great fuck you outfield until Oscar Colas is ready to come up. So but, that's that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Is realistically, I, it seems like Rick Hahn is done with the infield. They're done with starting pitching. He seemed like I mean he was raving about the starting pitch. I think I think, I think they'll, we I think they'll probably trade guy. for I think they'll probably trade someone from start for starting pitching because right. you're so not you're, they're not gonna the go out and, they're not gonna go out and pay for um, no. the Kershaws or anything. But you know, I know everyone in the world knows we need another right fielder. And I think there's two guys, there's two there I mean they're not even like break the bank guys. No, but both Castellanos and I'd be happy with Conforto. I've seen people complain about Michael Conforto. I think he's much better than whatever we have at right field right now. Or and, and I think even right. yes, even Schwarber. Even yeah. Schwarber. But realistically, the left-handed power. Schwarber so, would be hitting balls into the concourse at that park, man. But now yeah, with the DH left-handed power. Oh, but now with the DHO, I think Schwarber is going to get money. I yeah, think Schwarber is going to get big time money. Yeah, he um, will. But yeah, so that's what I was going to ask you, and, and you just answered it, is like, realistically, we need Castellanos or Michael Conforto. I'd be happy with either one of them. And, I mean, we keep talking about it. We're just a few pieces away. I still think we need a better defensive. I love Yaz. I think we need a better defensive catcher for when we really need him in the playoffs and stuff like that. We saw how much trouble that was. Um, but that's something you can work, you know, trade deadline, you know, after the All-Star break and stuff yeah. like that. So, I mean, 
we want a right fielder. I want a right fielder. I think it needs to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. And then my next, my last question for you, Jason, is like, they got to get rid of Kimbrel, right? Like, I, I, I like the fuck you bullpen. I like that we have well, all these. The Rickon com- comments, they make it sound like he's, I mean, either he's calling his own bluff and trying to think people that make other teams think they're not going to trade him, so they make him go in with a bigger offer. Because if, if you know that he's available, then they might want to try to lowball you. But if you think that they're going to actually use him as the eighth inning guy again, and maybe he just had a down year from coming over in the trade deadline and got to get used to AL pitching again. But I mean, yeah, but like, I, wouldn't, like, I wouldn't mind him. You mean Hendricks? Hendricks quotes this week seemed like, like he doesn't want to do the eighth inning thing. Obviously, Hendricks got the ninth lockdown and rightfully so. And if Kimbrell doesn't feel comfortable with the eighth inning, I, th- stuff, I think it, I think it's just posturing though, because I, I think it's just trying to get teams to think that we're going to keep Kimbrell and then they'll come in with a better trade offer. And realistically, if you keep them for half the year and trade them at the trade deadline when somebody really needs a closer, that might help as well. But it just seems like I, I kept saying, and we talked about it, it was like, I like all these assholes in the bullpen. We just got a bunch of crazy people. And it's Kimbrel and now Joe Kelly and just the Hendricks and just like it's a bunch of weirdos. And I think that's what works. But realistically, you, I mean, Kimbrel is expendable. And, and to make this team better, I think you can trade them. But yeah, like you said, it, it might be an uh, all-star break kind of deal. I gotta say, I love the Joe Kelly signing for y'all. I, I mean, love Joe Kelly, that dude. That if, that if dude you're gonna if you're to gonna that. have to get past the Astros, you're the guy who knows how to fucking beat the Astros and hates the Astros and doesn't have a problem throwing at Correa, Correa too. Yeah, I love that guy. I mean, that guy's invited to all the carne asadas. You know, like he <laughs> he's gonna show up in the mariachi suit and everything. I mean, that dude's gonna love Chicago. He's probably gonna be at Paco's Tacos like you know, two, three times a week, you know, an oh, archer. Yeah. So that dude is, uh, he's a gamer, man. So I, I thought that was a, a good pickup for them. You know um, what I, oh, sorry, but, go ahead. No, I was going to say like, you know, you were talking about the uh, Castellanos thing, you know, and the, the problem that I would have with Castellanos for you, for you all, great hitter, love him as a hitter, great team guy, energy's amazing. So if you want another fuck you guy, like that's the dude, but the Sox really need some left-handed power. And if you're saying yeah. that you're concerned Schwarber is going to break the bank, I don't think he's going to cost much more. I think he'll be less than what Castellanos would cost. And he's a left-handed bat and he plays better defense than Castellanos does. I mean, well, Castellanos he, is a sub sub average, you know, right fielder. So, I mean, if you want to talk about the H maybe, but he's not going to no, be, a right I, fielder. I think, I, don't I think, think they're going to give, right I think they're going to give Gavin sheets a lot of, uh, DHing responsibilities this season. We saw the kid come yeah. up, it, it, you know, like in July or whatever it was, um, and he just belted, I think, like 14, 15 homers in his limited time. He's definitely got some massive left-handed power bat. You know, maybe you you put plug him in first base for a spell, but he the crazy thing is he played right field in AAA and in AA, and the fact that they don't want to put him in there is kind of alarming because that's what they had him in the minors, but if he's going to be your primary like DH first base kind of guy and you want to get a true right fielder, I'm all for it, but it just makes me kind of wonder if that's going to be your DH, what are you doing with Andrew Vaughn then? Because you can't put him in right field. If you're going to make him the full-time right fielder, I'm okay with that too, but you can't have Vaughn and Gavin Sheets and another right fielder in the lineup. Someone's going to have to get traded or sent back down. You know, my last note on the White Sox, and it's something I forgot completely until yesterday. 
I forgot that they signed Kendall Graverman too from Houston. Oh yeah, Houston Bullpen. That was that was the first that was the first move. Yeah, it happened before the lockout. lockout. And then I I looked online and I'm like. Holy shit! I forgot all about yeah, this. Yeah, that that is that is another that's the, asshole. That's the, that's the, like the best. The, the fuck you bullpen. We just have so many assholes in the bullpen. You know what? We might have to. We might have to get a T-shirt made up. Yes, the first ever Shy Sports Bum Fuck You Bullpen T-shirt. I like it. All right. Um, before we start bumming some people here, we got some some pretty big news to talk about here, and it's March Madness time, so we're going to reveal this year's bracket tournament now we got a lot of positive results and great feedback last year we did the superheroes versus villain marvel dc universe tournament bracket this year we have opened it up to a instead of 32 we opened up to a whopping 64 we're going we're going we're going all in and this year yes and this year the tournament will be battle of the bands that's right we are going with the ultimate music showdown and I'm going to – we're not going to sit here and reveal all of the um, the brackets and everything because that would just be too much. But I will tell you the regions in the number one seed. So right now we have the Stairway to Heaven region with number one seed Led Zeppelin. We have the Bohemian Rhapsody region, number one seed Queen. The Let It Be region, number one seed The Beatles. And in the Gimme Shelter region, number one seed Rolling Stones. So we're going to be That's posting heavy these. hitters. Yes, we are going to be posting these. Um, to correspond with the tournament itself. So we're going to have a couple days for round one, a couple days for round two. We're going to be posting it on SurveyMonkey. So if you want to do one quick stop for all your voting, you can do that. We can have also the individual Twitter polls if you like doing those. But I figured, you know, John and Peter, you guys wanted to break down some of your most intriguing matchups. So floor is yours. Let's, let's hear some of your, what you're, what, what you're looking for. Yeah. So I'm just excited about this. Like um, just a little bit of background me and Johnny shout out Johnny he helped me a lot with this so what I did was I made a list of about a hundred bands and it was we did it by popularity streaming record sales um there was a a bunch of different categories that we kind of broke them down and then I broke them down by decade so starting from the 60s 70s 80s 90s and the 2000s and 2010s we just took like the top 15 bands of each and then from there I gave that list to Johnny and he was in charge of the seating and the arrangement and he knocked it out of the park. Um, so I'll be posting the full bracket tomorrow morning or while you're listening to this today um, on the uh, shy sports bums, Instagram page and on Twitter. And I'm excited about this. I, I think we are all a bunch of, I mean, we're sports bums, but we've all got a bunch of musical influences. Uh, Johnny, you, Jason, John, we, we're, we're all in the same boat. I know my family um, had a bunch of influence on me going to concerts at a really early age and stuff like that. So I'm re- really, really excited about this. And not only that, like Jason, you mentioned it last year. It was a huge hit. Like it, it was shocking how much the turnout for the superheroes polls were. Um, I was getting tweets and DMs and everything like that. So I'm excited to run this back. So without further further ado, you, you mentioned the top seeds. Um, just, a, just a little teaser for what's to come. Um, and like I said, it's 60s all the way till bands of current day. Um, and the first one I'm looking at, um, I ended up going like on a deep dive because I wasn't sure how I wanted to vote on this. 
and it's Chicago versus Rage Against the Machine. And I won't give out the seed names, but like, this is what we're talking about. Like, it's every, like, we, we based it on rock and roll bands for the most part, but it's like every decade. And I love these bands for so different reasons. You know, like, obviously, like Chicago and Rage Against the Machines, they, they, they play very different music. And it was like a Sophie's Choice at this point. Like, I didn't know who I wanted to vote for. And this is just the first round. So that's what I want to tease is like, once we get further and further into this, this tournament, there's going to be some barn burners, man. So I'm excited. John, do you got anything you, uh, you want to mention? Yeah, there were, there were a couple that I thought seating was interesting. Um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, really tough seating for, for that. That's, okay. that's collusion. That is collusion <laughs> okay. right there. So I, I, will like, raise, I will raise, I will raise my hand and I'll give credit to Johnny. The Beatles versus Tom Petty has been an ongoing argument within like our friend circle forever. Sure. I've been adamant that Tom Petty is better than the Beatles. Obviously, record sales Ooh. and popularity is completely wrong in that situation. But we wanted to see what would happen. So obviously, Tom Petty's not a 16 seed. But that was more of an inside joke. We've had a full podcast on arguing about this. So yeah, that was I, that was the reason for that. I know, but I, I feel like <laughs> Yeah, it's a tough that's, that's a really tough yeah, that's tough. The other there there was another matchup too. Well, I thought the black keys got the shit under the stick when it came to seating as well. Um, I think that they probably deserved a much higher seating than what they got. Um you know, and again, I'm not going to name what seating they got, but when I looked at one of the other sides, Dave Matthews was there at a higher rank than uh, the Black Keys, that, you know, burn my butthole a little bit. Yeah, um, no, I love the Black Keys. <laughs> Dude, the, the one thing I thought about is Dave Matthews band fans are like, you know, like BTS One Direction kind of stands. If yeah, they get I mean, a hold of this, you, they could run the whole thing. So that's what I'm can, saying. You can literally drop shit on them, and they would still vote for Dave Matthews. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so two two matchups that I'll talk about real quick. Uh, Aerosmith and and the Gorillas is a really tough matchup for me. I think that was a really tough. That's a really hard one. That's going to be really interesting to see how the voting turns out. The other one was uh, the Chili Peppers and the Foo Fighters. I mean, yeah. that, that is a rough first round. Yeah. I mean, that, that's going to be a really rough first round. Um, I know for a lot of people, Soundgarden, Green Day, that's going to be a tough first round. I think for me, it's, it's clear who I would vote for. I, I'm not a big Soundgarden fan, same, but same. I, I'm, not, I'm not a big Chris Cornell fan. I never was. Um, you know, just, but that, I think fan-wise, is going to be tough to vote on, so... Um, I would say those are the ones I'm really looking at that I thought were uh, really interesting matchups and I think are going to be kind of tough. Yeah, so we're excited about this. I think it's going to be really fun. There's, it's going to lead to some really good discussions, both like, you know, Instagram, Twitter, and all of that. So, um, yeah, just keep an eye out for that. We're, I'll be posting the brackets tomorrow, and then the tournament will coincide with March Madness. So it'll be fun. Yeah, so we, we like I said, we're going to have some fun with this. Don't send us angry tweets complaining that your favorite band was yes. ranked too low. Like let's, that's not, I don't need any of that shit in my, in my DMS or in my mentions. Like and I already it's, know. everything's all subjective. Like if you're, if you feel like your, your favorite band is seated too low, then vote them to 
pull an upset or something. I don't I don't know what yeah. to say. This is we got 64 bands and we're trying to try to be as subjective as we can, but sometimes we're going to have hurt some feelings. So don't this come was, crying to me. Thank you. I'm glad you mentioned that, Jason, because this was borderline impossible to do. We could have sat yeah. here and done a hundred different versions of this tournament. It was like just the fact that Johnny, I had a list of like a hundred bands, just the fact that he brought it down to 64 and there was some big bands that were still missing. It's like, yeah. you're not, you're never going to please anything, but I still think it's going to be fun. As long as your band's in it, even if not, just, just vote. Yeah. Yeah. You got yeah. a good mix of everything. I think good representation. So I thought you guys did a good job. Yeah, we the original idea was to break it down by like music of generation. So have like the baby boomer bracket, the Gen X bracket, the millennial bracket, and the Gen Z bracket. Yeah. But, but across decades of some of these bands, it came too hard. It was to, impossible. Like to, I mean, to obviously, do it by it's generation. All, yeah, like there's some bands that have been going on for thirty years, and they've got like multiple hits in like all decades. So it, it was just impossible yeah. to do. But I'm glad we pulled it out, and I'm excited about it. All right, so guys, keep an eye out for that tomorrow. Now, let's end the pod. Let's bump some people, and let's ready to go here. Um, I'm going to start it off here because we talked about this earlier. Um, first off, I think me and Peter have – and, John, if you have a second what a MVB, you can throw it in there, but I think we're going to do a consensus. Scott Hall, MVB, rest in peace to the bad guy, most valuable bad guy to this week, this week, this week only, most valuable bad guy. Scott Hall, rest in peace, my man. Yep. Get, yeah. Hope you got that. Hope you got that golden toothpick and you got oozing machismo up there. Um, yeah. My my bum of the week though, and we mentioned this during the football talk. It's the it's the Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars. What are you like? Just just throwing stupid money to mediocre, giving giving Christian Kirk the third highest wide receiver contract. I mean, there's got to be some reason. You, you you can't have like other free agents being like, hey, I want the Christian Kirk deal. Like, oh, eventually some GMs got to push back and say no. Like that's that's kind of a outlier for contracts because I don't think anyone in real any other to twenty nine other GMs would have or thirty one other GMs would have been like, hey, let's give him twenty million dollars a year. Like, and then with the Zach the Zane Jones deal and. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville, you're 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 making the rest. Of, you're fucking it up for the rest of uh, our teams who want like quality free agents. So, Jaguars are my 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 what a bums for the week. John, uh, what do you got? Yeah, I got. Uh, so I agree with the MVB. Um, the only one that I had written before uh, today's passing was um, I had Allen Robinson. He, you know, took a franchise ch- tag, waited it out, you know whether you want to complain that he took off plays or whatever the case was with him, Christian Kirk just got Allen Robinson paid. So he's about, he's about to make over 90 million. I'm going to call it right now. I mean, if Christian Kirk's making that much money, uh, Allen Robinson might see triple figures on his next deal. So (laughs) well done, Allen. Well-deserved. Yeah. Um, Bum of the week. You know, usually, you know, it's every time you guys have me on, I, I love to, and I've said it in previous cast, I love to bum Aaron Rodgers as, as much as I can, but um, I think there's a bigger bum this week and uh, I'm going to say it's me. I, uh, Uh-oh. I, I thought that the Cubs were going to sign Carlos Correa and uh, the I was, <laughs> I was, I was all in and, you know, they, they were the favorites. 
Uh, you know, and then the Yankees pulled out because they made a trade for Donaldson and got a shortstop in return. And I'm thinking, all right, here we go. It's going to be them and the Astros who jump back in. And then, you know, I'm the, the meme with the drawing on the clown makeup and everything throughout <laughs> the whole weekend. Uh, so bum of the week is me for believing that the Cubs would actually spend money. Welcome. Welcome to White Sox Twitter hell. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Peter, take us home. All right. So I got a, a, a few bums and two MVBs. So I'll run through them quick. My first bum are the Yankees and twins, because I've never seen a trade go through in any sport where I don't think it benefited either team. <laughs> and maybe it's because I hate the twins and I hate the Yankees, but I thought that trade last night was head scratching to say the least. Um, my second one, um, the Twitter timeline and thank God they fixed it. Jason, we call ourselves children of the internet. We're on Twitter more than we'd like to say. They messed with that timeline where it was like home buttons and and latest buttons and it was a mess for. I, a I didn't I didn't week. get the I didn't get that update. Thank God. So. Oh my God, dude! It was the worst, especially during like you know like college basketball like weekend and stuff like that. People were complaining left and right. They fixed it this morning. So I was gonna bum them to all holy hell, but it was the <laughs> one time that Twitter listened to people's complaints. We're still waiting for an edit button. And I don't know if that'll ever come, but thank God they switched it back because it was borderline. Un- I-, I couldn't do I, it. Like it was terrible. I was one of the first one that like when they, I guess I got the, one of the trial runs when they start, when they first launched fleets. And I was like, what the fuck is it? Like, we don't need every, like, I already have a tweet. I don't need a fleet. I don't need to yeah. do the same thing. Like check out my tweet. I just posted in my fleet. It's so stupid. And then my last bump and it was, I was going to bum you to all hell, but we've made up. And it was a miscommunication. It was Jason James and our fearless leader, our head bum in charge. I called him yesterday, our head borracho in charge because he got drunk. He got drunk enough to miss the podcast. And we have a guest on with cousin John. Obviously, always a pleasure when cousin John is on. Make time out of our day to, to come on. Obviously, I've got two kids, so we've got to we've got to like schedule around nap time or I mean bedtime and stuff to record the podcast and our head bum in charge over here is just drinking all of the bourbon in the world. Yeah, it was, we, I had some friends over yesterday. My friend brought his new dog over and we just, we're all, we're going, we're all going to Kentucky for the birthdays in, in June. So uh, it kind of turned into a bourbon tasting last night. And then I sent Peter the video this morning when I walked in the basement and I think I had about like 20 bottles on the, sitting on the table that were all being, Try it and out. then selfishly, I got a little jealous because if there's bourbon tastings going on, you need your head sommelier in charge of everything. And that's where we realized there was a miscommunication. I thought you were going to a friend's house, not that you were having friends over. So apparently you invited me on Friday and <laughs> I just missed that. Whole <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe I'm part of the bumming too. <laughs> Uh, all all's well that well that also also i probably invited you after sipping on the poor man pappy and the discovery we had, and yeah we had yeah, a after a few bur- well. after a few bourbons and wasn't really being coherent myself at that point with it my was words a so. miscommun- miscommunication i was assuming you were going to a tom's house i'm like i'm not gonna invite myself over no. well you know, no tom you were always, having people you know, over. yeah you know. obviously but still anyway miscommunication all is good yeah. My MVPs. Um, I got. I got two more. 
I'm okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. All right. So two last uh, MVBs. One real quick. The city of Chicago. Obviously, St. Patrick's Day weekend. It was back We're in back, full baby. Forth. We're Everything, back. Like we had, I had a bunch of family members at the Bad Bunny concerts all weekend long. They looked like they were bumping. St. Patrick's Day bumping. Bars are bumping. Everything seems to be going back to normal. And that's what we wanted. Obviously, I'm not going to get political about all of this. But just the fact that there's people going out to bars and restaurants and concerts again and sporting events. The fire drew their second highest crowd ever. Um, their last home game. It seems like nature is healing and I'm all for it. So that's I just wanted to give a shout out to all of that because it's a feel good story. And my second feel good story is our friend of the program, Jason. I just wanted to shout him out because we're I told him I'm going to help him out as much as we can. Joey P, our friend, the original Mr. Joey P made it to the 108 tournament. For those that don't know, Section 108, the guys at the 108 are the biggest White Sox Twitter influencers besides White Sox Dave. And they hold a Twitter contest, like a bracket style tournament for all of White Sox Twitter, basically. I said, I'm going to make it my point the next 365 days to make it into this tournament next year. But for now, Joey P is in, and I'm throwing the full weight of the bums on Joey P's side. So he has um, his first round matchup against Sam Mendelson, which I follow Sam Mendelson, another White Sox fan, this Thursday. And I'm going to be doing memes. I'm going to be doing gifts. I'm going to be doing anything I can to help Joey P. Um, and I'm asking the listeners, if you're listening, you know, Joey P, your friend, obviously friend of the program, um, vote for Joey P this Thursday when the 108 tournament starts and uh, his first round matchup is going on. So we got you, Joey P. That's right. The fourth, the, the fourth bum, as we like to, to call him, like we're going to make sure he's taken care of. So, all right. Um, some housekeeping notes here. As we said, to keep an eye out for the tournament. I am going to be in Puerto Rico this weekend for my sister's wedding. So we're going to have a special edition of the Bumcast next week. We're going to call it Not Another Soccer Podcast. And once Peter, a year, Peter will be hosting. Jason goes on vacation once a year, I do a soccer podcast. This so, year, we're going to try it a little different. It won't be on our regular podcast feed. It's going to be on our YouTube page. So we just, I'm starting to get the YouTube going. We're going to try to do it live, but it'll be on YouTube and I'll push it out like our regular podcast, like promote it like a regular podcast, but you'll go to our YouTube page. And then from there, I'm going to start trying to clip our regular podcast to go on the YouTube page as well. Get that thing yeah. going. So we're going to do another, not another soccer podcast. Uh, Billy Jean, Chris King, freshly, he'll be on. freshly married. Um, yeah. He'll be on giving all the, all the soccer hot takes as well. So that will be probably dropping. I'm going to say what Monday morning, Peter. Yeah, so we're recording live Sunday. You could watch it live as we record on our YouTube page this Sunday night, this following Sunday night. If not, you could just catch it Monday morning like a normal podcast right. on YouTube and everything else. Cool. So, you know, if you don't if you don't want want to break from the little bears and socks talk and some bumming, we'll get a nice little soccer pod for you. Other than that, uh, Cousin John, thanks for filling in tonight. We appreciate you Always having a on. Pleasure. We, we know you wanted to come on and talk some, talk some Mac and talk some baseball. So... Um, also, I'm going to throw a late bum out there. The fucking Bulls are down 20 points at halftime to the Kings. So, God fucking damn it. There goes my bet again. It's a tough. West, West, West Coast scaries, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's going to be a tough West Coast trip for them. 
Um, Still not panicking. I still think we'll be okay. Yeah, I can't uh, be mad at them. They won me a few hundred bucks the last couple of weeks. So. Yeah, yeah, you Jason and your you Singh. and your plus you and your plus seventeen hundred there. Good job. <laughs> twelve on like that. Par, twelve like parlay, man. That's crazy. Thank good you. job on good job on that chef's kiss. All right, guys, thanks. We'll catch you next week. Good night, Javi. Bye, guys.